Ah, hi again, and welcome to episode <laughs> whatever it is, week number two of the Rewind Week. Sausages, we're definitely not recording this in one go, so it doesn't sound really weird that we play the intro four times in a row and we have to act like it's the first time. Oh, it's the Thursday after the last Oh, one. a brand new week. What's new with you guys since ten minutes ago? Oh, I haven't seen I you know. for ages. Jeez, it's been a while, eh? It's been a while. On fucking, you talk about me and Andy not suspending our disbelief. We can't do it even on a fucking podcast format just to pretend for just a few minutes. People love now. behind the scenes shit. You always say sausages at me, but I think didn't other Dan say something about sausages on our Facebook the other day? He loves it. Mm. But it breaks the illusion of this is a brand new week. It is a brand new week, by the way, because you are listening to this live. Not live. Um, Stop saying live. Dan still Fuck hasn't me. learned what live means. Guys, I'll tell you a secret. I'll, all right, let me shut the music up. I'll tell you a secret. I really want to win meme of the year. So... <laughs> we lie, I'm, not lie. I'm pushing this a bit far, and I understand that I am, but I really want to win. I haven't won meme of the year yet. You guys, I think, have. I haven't Dan, won it yet. I've got a so. secret. What? Nobody even thinks about meme of the year except you. <laughs> yeah. Well, th- Which okay. says more about, about Pen and I that we don't think about it and still end up winning it. <laughs> we, you know, I would say that makes us pretty sad Funnier. and pathetic. But oh. also, <laughs> hashtag fuck Matt. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you can put it in in jokes now. Yeah, God, Matt. So annoying. Welcome to week two. We have another special helping of classic unusual suspect podcast mode. <laughs> Those boys and girls. Oh, what they like. Um, and this is uh this one is not very far from the last one, let's be honest. <laughs> Andy, I'm gonna throw it to you. Uh yeah. what is your pick for uh, the next rewind? Well, you could say it's not far. I would say it's the episode after the one we had last week. <laughs> so, this is the last week was eight, of course. Yeah. So this week we're doing nine, and I can't wait for episode ten next week. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Imagine that, though. If we'd peaked, right? We'd done a hundred episodes. We had to pick four of our best ones, and we picked eight, nine, ten, and eleven. Wouldn't surprise me. I was saying this beforehand, like, the, the good trilogy of episodes that we have is 7, 8, and 9. I don't know about 10, I can't remember don't 10. Don't tell people seven- that, they'll think all the ones in no. between are shit. Well, it's they- well, yeah, you gotta have a bit of shit to have a bit of good, you know? You know, that's just how it works. But 7, 8, 9 are a fucking trilogy of absolute fucking classics, so... I can't remember what seven was. Was seven flowers? Oh, it was Fifty, 50 shades, shades of Grey. Oh, it's Fifty Shades. Yeah, of course, he's not it wrong. Was. Oh, you're right. Guys, do yeah. seven, eight, and nine, and then come back to us. Yeah, yeah just come back ones, <laughs> and then come back and listen to eight and nine again. Yeah, we need the number. <laughs> so episode episode nine is a it's a favorite. I think it's quite referential. We make nudges towards it relatively often. Within it, we have Dan talking about. Neil Breen and Double Down. Can't remember if that's one of the good ones or the shit ones. I think that's my favourite. I don't want to say favourite because that's the one where he's got his ball bags out in the pool. It's the one where he's a terrorist, but not the <gasps> big oh, one. It's the, it's the little terrorist. It, it is yeah. the good one. It is the good one, yeah. It's it is one the, the good best. one. We have, um, I would say, a feature that Penn's not done for a long time, actually. Penny's shutter shout-outs. Some I feel like... Do you know, yeah, she's... Do you know why? 
because Why? it's not that easy to watch on my TV. Um, <gasps> is this a complaint? A little bit. Is it because there's no like smart TV app? No, if you want to watch Shudder on your TV, you have to attach it to your Amazon account. You can, you can like, if you sign up through Shudder separately, it's like a web browser. But if you sign up through Amazon, then you can watch it through the Amazon app. But I did not do that. And apparently the Amazon app is, has less stuff on it than the web browser. So I can watch a web browser on my new smart TV. This is a great sponsorship you've got. (laughs) What was Well, they never gave me one. I talked about them for like 50 episodes. Well, they gave you a new TV, though. Are you doing a Neil Green like I did? (laughs) Are you just fucking destroying them now? Is that that it? Giving up on them? But I did realize the other, like, I I was watching the web browser on my TV the other day, and I was like, I should give Shudder another go. Usually I have like a little, you know, have a little documentary kick. I usually have a little Shudder kick as well. So I'm going to have a look through, and it is in the works for real episodes. Well, I can't wait for you to write an angry email to them and then apologize the next week. Following on from Penny Shutter shoutouts, we of course have, <laughs> we of course have. I think, and I'm, you know, this is uh, this is narcissism. I think one of the most influential pieces we've ever had on this podcast. Right, we have bad down. biology, which mm. has set the bar of sort of gross out sections so high it's difficult to compete with. Do you know what I miss though? Back in the early days when we made slightly more effort, we. <laughs> <laughs> used to have visuals Thanks. yes yeah. i'm saying all of us so usually if one of us talks about a film the other people haven't seen it and we're definitely not looking at it while we're recording but Addy did bring visuals to show us bad biology ah, i think that's why that's it, an urban legend because he did bring visuals but then it wouldn't show the visuals so you no, that went was the placenta wasn't it? It was the placenta film that didn't have the visuals. Bad Biology did, because if you remember, there's a big reaction in the third act where I paused it at specifically the wrong point. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and we didn't see the placenta because remember I found a picture of it on my phone that I had taken many, many years before of the placenta Mm. and blocked it out of my brain. But this is the first one of those gross ones that Andy (laughs) came to us with. And I would say one of the better ones, because as, as we've all made note, we were young, full of life, and were interested in doing a podcast at that point. Less so now. And finally, to close out episode nine, we had the film from the hat, the girl next door, yeah. uh, notorious for having Timothy <laughs> Oliphant in it. Yay. Which um, it the juice was, uh, was worth the squeeze. Yeah, yeah, big big highlight for Dan and I. I don't think we we shat on it too much. I know Penny liked it, and me and you, Andy, didn't. But I don't think we shat on. I can't remember now. I don't think Andy, we shat on. Andy, didn't it. you I, put it in the hat? Andy did. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, so it's his movie. Yeah. yeah, but he puts well, in be- like the Titanic <laughs> film and stuff. You yeah, know? you can't you can't judge me for that stuff. I no. put it in because I thought it had some questionable morals, and it did. So yeah, but you now know. now the Riddler is in it. Paul Dano. Yeah. I don't know. I'm what, trying to make your- it relevant and pretend I know about Batman. Batman. Oh, fucking hell. Sorry, you have the Batman. failed this city. Why? I haven't failed. I know stuff <laughs> about the Batman. <laughs> Gordon's uh, pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, episode nine, May Contain Nuts. <laughs> One of the greatest titles of all time. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode nine of the Unusual Suspects. My name is Dan. To my left is Andy. Hello. And to my right is Penny. Hi. How is everyone? I'm good. I'm excited. I'm in a good mood. And Andy. <laughs> yeah, I'm sleepy. Again. You've been a busy egg. Yeah, working hard, isn't it? Again, he hasn't had any sleep, so this could go absolutely, as he said before, I think it could be absolutely gold or this could be absolutely shit. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, toss a coin, we'll find out. Yeah. Okay, so later on today we're going to talk about our film out of the hat, which was Andy's choice, everyone. Andy's choice, girl next door. <laughs> I liked it. Again, I'm very confused to why he picked it when he, he only saw it once and it wasn't like, whatever, we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to start with mine because, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the grand return of the Breenius of Neil Breen. Does he not have t-shirts with Breenius written on? He should. He has a merch store and I will be making a purchase there as soon as possible. He's missing a trick if he's not got one with Breenius on. Yeah, he's missing something. But he's, you know, he's constantly on Twitter berating everyone to stop downloading his films for free <laughs> and buy it from his official merch store only kind of thing. So, mm. you know. Nice try, Neil. Corporate Neil. So, the <laughs> film I'm going to talk about in Neil's discography is Double Down, which is Neil's first ever film. Ooh. So, we're going to go way back to when he made his, you know, he was a young... 50-year-old, you know, making his first Hollywood appearance in his first film, and he was full of spunk and confidence (laughs) going into this. Topical. Double Down was made in 2005. It's... Fuck. (laughs) Okay, so the last time we talked about Neil, we talked about him in Fateful Findings. Now, this is, like, about I think eight years after this film was made. So he's already got a bit of experience with it. Oh, wow. So like Fateful Findings, like he was much better at films than he is in this one, right? Let's just say that if I compare Double Down to Fateful Findings to nominate for like an Oscar, I would nominate an Oscar to Fateful Findings. (laughs) Just, I don't know how I'm going to describe this. This is the first time I've looked at something and I've gone, you know what, this is, I don't know how you really put this into words. Why do I feel like I'm going to get annoyed immediately? Yeah, (laughs) I've actually put not a lot in because there is just too much to put in. Like, I could do a whole podcast on this. It's just too much in there. Too much braininess. I've cut it down massively, so do watch it, people, if you do want to see something quite magical like I'm about to explain because I'm not going to explain all of it so there'll be some (laughs) hidden secrets in there Double Down of course because it's Neil Breen is directed is starring (laughs) is produced is whatever role you want to put in oh is this new stock footage this is stock footage first thing I wanted to say as well I think it's from The Craft it could be from The Shining for all I know I don't know it's very similar to the opening of The Craft with the clouds this film is filled with around about in my opinion 40% of stock footage I thought it was at 50 at some points because it just was stock footage stock footage (laughs) stock footage like it's very clear to see that Neil didn't have that much money Compared to Fateful Findings, he couldn't really hire a lot of people in this as well. So he kind of did a lot of the scenes just with himself. That's why he needs you to buy the movies, so he can make money to make more movies. Yeah. 
Like, that's why he's mad, I guess. I guess you got to start somewhere. The interesting thing about the title screen is that all it shows is Neil Breen in this order. <laughs> it shows Double Down, Neil Breen, produced and written, directed by Neil Breen, and that's your credits. That's the opening credit. There's no... <laughs> That gives you some idea of what Neil Breen was working with here. Sometimes less is more. It could be. You never know. But this film is called Double Down, and it certainly doubles down on a lot of things that were in Fateful Findings. But here we go. <laughs> Neil Breen's hanging out in the desert. Uh, why? Who knows? He's just, <laughs> you know, it's a nice sunny day, and he's hanging out in the uh, Nevada desert uh, near Las Vegas, which will become apparent soon. He's just sitting <laughs> under a rock, just chilling. <laughs> So, in his tank top. <laughs> just, it's, it's just, you know this is where this is going. He's wearing his tank top. I mean, he's like, as well as this, a lot of things that were in Fateful Findings are going to appear here that have carried over, and I think probably in every single one of his films, pretty much, or every single film in between this one and Fateful Findings, at least. This film, for the entirety of it, he's monologuing over himself. So all you're seeing is footage of Neil in the desert. A lot of the times, just running around, going down rocks and going up rocks. And he's monologuing for the entirety of the film, especially in the opening. The first 25 minutes are monologues by Neil. What? Wow. Opening monologue is 25 minutes long. That's got to be a record somewhere. It might be. His story is, as you're watching him trying to cross <laughs> multiple rocks. Look at him Tom cruising it. Well, that's the thing, because Neil Breen is actually an agent in this film. He is a computer hacker, agent, biological terrorist. Yes, the <laughs> laptops are back. Fuck. I'm- <laughs> laptops and phones. The two guns. He had two phones as well. Is he a drug dealer? No, he's MI5 sort of guy. It was a syringe. He's an agent. He's a hacker agent, biological terrorist, he kind of says, even though it's weird to put in with all those. He can make biological weapons and make incredible, like, inventions and shit. He's just, like, the ultimate man, pretty much. <laughs> is he the ultimate man or is he your ultimate man? Yeah. No, he really does describe himself as the ultimate man in this. He even says, I am greater than everyone else. That is, like, official line. Of course he does, because he wrote the fucking script. <laughs> yeah, I know, but like he legit says, I'm like the, one of the greatest people in the world. I'm better than your government and all this kind of stuff. It's just like... <sighs> he's an agent that used to work for the United States government until they betrayed him. And you'll find out what they did later on, but they betrayed him. Now he's just like a freelance agent <laughs> working for any country that wants to pay him is basically what he's doing now. If the money works, he will basically bomb or blow up another city or country or anything just if the other country pays enough money so yeah doesn't give a shit good on you neil i don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy yet at this point he mentions a line where he says i've always lived before in this world and in the other <laughs> so there's some parallel dimensions going on that we're already talking about you know the how it is with neil Berry films why is he wearing gloves he's got to keep his fingerprints off the laptops what off his own laptops the laptops that he owns. Yep. Why does he need to keep his fingerprints off his own laptops? You'll, you'll, he's, well. He's using both at once and then both phones at once. In one. Yep. <laughs> it is genuinely impressive though. So 
the way this works and why he's in the desert in the first place on laptops and with phones and syringes, he's on the run because all the governments want to kill him now because he's wronged a lot of people. And <laughs> so he's running out in the Nevada desert with a bunch of laptops and phones. <laughs> he hasn't got a bag. He's just got them under his arm. <laughs> Sounds so fucking stupid. <laughs> it looks so fucking stupid. So what Neil has done, actually, beforehand, is because he's a wanted man, in case someone goes after him, he's planted bombs in seven major cities that will go off within three minutes of him dying if anyone comes to kill him. That's such a dick move. So he's a terrorist. He's a terrorist. He's not an agent. No, he's a terrorist. He's our hero. <laughs> no. He's not a fuck what? His he- the hero move is bombing seven cities at random. And killing innocent people, <laughs> yeah. Neil. Oh. He even says in a lot of detail how many people will die. <laughs> like He literally goes like, thousands upon thousands of people will die if you kill me and i'm like right and he's monologue and this is his open monologue just fucking going off on one like for 25 minutes i hope neil purged some demons with this movie and got the help that he needs oh i think he did like i hope he's okay now like this film is i haven't seen all his films but this one's gonna take some beating like i thought fateful funnies was something this was something else this one So he's a mercenary for any nation that wants to control another, is what he says. Yes, he has five laptops, he has a gun, three phones. Now, all the laptops are always off during the filming. Don't know why, (laughs) but literally the screens are completely blank and he's literally using laptops that are turned off. You can't charge them in the desert. That's the other thing. Batteries. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't make real sense, unless he has solar power or something, I guess, if he's in the desert, but... um. Yeah, I don't know. He's a super hacker. He calls himself electronically powerful. (laughs) (laughs) He can control any satellite in the air and get it to do whatever it wants just by using his five laptops and phones. And he also has syringes, which will come into play. Syringes with kind of, it looks like blood inside of them and he injects them with it, but it's not blood. Red food coloring. Jam. Why not? Jam. (laughs) (laughs) He needs his jam. It's like, now you are a donut. He's trying to sweeten himself up. There's a really great scene five minutes in where Neil is driving in the car. And while he's driving in the car, he thinks it's a good idea to eat some tuna out of a can for for no reason at all. That's going to be so warm if it's been in the car. Yeah, and he stores it in his boot later. Boot tuna. And he keeps all the cans in the boot as well, so he doesn't throw them away, which, again, is not really explained why he does this that's fucking revolting like my car is pretty fucking messy but his sounds horrendous so he's gonna um drive literally he's on the highway and stuff and as well as that he's got biological implants that make him amazing i don't know what they are (laughs) but that's one thing he does (laughs) wait whose fingers were they i'll get to that in a minute so neil uh yeah i'm just showing you him eating some tuna out of a can oh it's so grim it spills onto his lap and then there's so much tuna on his lap that (laughs) (laughs) it's like a whole can has fallen on his lap while he's eating it and he's just like yeah at least it's like brineless like it's just a dry can of tuna you know, it could have been worse. Then they go back to the shot of him eating it and the can is not empty. It's full. It's full again. 
<laughs> so that's two cans of tuna that he's used. One he's eating and one he's thrown on his lap. Yeah. The reason um, why he's driving a shit car as well, and he just, he basically lives in the desert. Like he sleeps in his car. He even says during that like tuna scene, he's given all his money, millions of it to charities because Neil Breen is so great, I guess, that he wants to make it known. But he's going to blow up thousands of innocent people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know this guy's intentions. It's really weird. He does say, I'm just a simple person in this as well. Yeah, we can fucking tell. <laughs> I don't have much to live on. I just eat tuna out of a can and live in a car. That is part of his monologue. He sounds like a shit Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> but shit Mad Max. So he, um, he lives out in his car and he eats tuna out of a can and that's it. That's all he wants. That's how he likes to live his life. Sure, why not, Neil? You do you. You do you. Whatever you want to do, Neil. He mentions he invented some of the systems that the government have in place. That's how easy it is to hack into them. The secret systems, as he calls it. Secrets are coming back again. Super secrets that we won't know about. <laughs> he can also, in an amazing fashion, work a satellite out of his car. <laughs> In the desert. Wait, two satellites, three laptops, a gun. <laughs> yeah, and he can somehow contact NASA with it. With stock footage from the 80s? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know. He's gone back in time. It's just how Neil rolls, you know. He's not wearing his gloves now. No, no, not wearing the gloves anymore. We don't need them. Anyway, so as I said, he planted seven biological bombs in seven major cities around the world and will kill hundreds of thousands in case anyone tries to kill him. He can also uh, go invisible. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow, I wasn't expecting that. No, that came out of nowhere. That's what she said. Prepare for the unexpected, because it's just it just goes like this. You know, I'm fine with it because I've learned to accept it, and I love him so much. The syringes filled with the red stuff that was seen earlier, which I kind of thought immediately was just like blood supply, in case he lost any blood. No, he puts it on his hand. And when he puts it on his hand, if anyone tries to go near him, he become invisible. But he hasn't put it on his hand. He's put it on his glove. Yeah. So, <laughs> face mask and the air coming in. Remember that from Fateful Findings? Yeah. yeah. Logic. So, wait, what? Huh? This man's going to explode. Yeah. So, the thing is... is <laughs> Oh, Dan. Neil will go invisible, but if anyone goes near the satellite that he set up, it sets off a radiation reaction if it, anyone goes near it so they just die on the spot oh i thought he shot him while he was invisible no it's just the radiation reaction from the satellite from the car why is he holding the top of his head because when he fell down he doesn't want to hurt his head yeah he didn't want to hurt his head uh, when he fell down so he's holding yeah. his head i assume he's the bad guy at this point neil's the fucking bad guy i don't yeah. even know what's going on he also looks about 15 yeah pretty much put a suit on pretend to die and i'll give you a tenner <laughs> Right, so Neil, Neil, Jesus Christ, Neil has <laughs> biological weapons on him. Of course he does, because that's what he uses to fight terrorism. Even now he's saying he fights terrorism at this point. And he also uses it as threats in case anyone makes threats about him. To create terrorism. To create terrorism. <laughs> so there's that. So he needs to test it out to see if it works. So what Neil decides to do, and I don't know, again, I don't know his real name in this. I just call him by his actual real name, not his actor name in this. I think it's Aaron in this. I'm not too sure. He decides to um, use these biological weapons in the lake in Nevada near Vegas. Why the lake? Well, he ends up killing six dead fish that look like they just literally came from the market. <laughs> And we're spread out on the beach. How 
did he only kill six? Yeah, and he only killed six, and they were all next to each other when they washed up on the beach, so it made it easy to put it in the shot. So that's clever from Neil. <laughs> it, so it works, right? Not only has he killed the fish, he probably has poisoned the water supply. So, yeah. But he's not a terrorist. Don't forget, he's a secret agent. That's true as well. Those shoes look really impractical for walking in sand, by the way. <laughs> it's like he's wearing some brogues. His fanciest dress shoes. Yeah. His wife is dead. Oh. Okay. And the reason why she died is because the government killed his <laughs> wife. So for the majority of this film... He is literally mentioning his wife and how much he misses her and loves her. And the damn government killed her and took her away. His beautiful angel, my darling, all this kind of stuff. He really misses his wife. And sometimes he has visions of her just standing in front of him and him holding her and them as children. Because they met when they were six. Just like any Neil Breen story, you always meet your lover when you're like really young and not like in your teens. It's like any Neil Breen story. Oh, look at him. It's really weird. But unfortunately, because he became such a famous, amazing agent. Whoa, naked. We're going to get a lot naked, including Neil, even more so than Fateful Findings. Because he was such a high-profile government agent, just like James Bond. <laughs> he's proposing. He's proposing in this scene to his fiance now, I guess. Naked in a swimming pool. Naked in a swimming pool. She said yes, they kiss. And this is a flashback to when she died. She's got Ooh. a butt on show. Neil is fully nude. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> and then a sniper laser target goes over Neil. <gasps> and then it goes over her. And then it's on Neil for a long period of time. And I don't know why I haven't shot yet. <laughs> well, he's the bad guy like it's on neil's head for like yeah. two shots they still haven't fired a shot well i assume that's who they were oh she's not naked i thought she just had a really bad tan line yeah she's got little pants on yeah i thought that as well so she gets shot and neil is <laughs> oh look how upset he is <laughs> oh i love being with you i love you will you marry me oh jeez She's also not bleeding. That's the audio. (laughs) (laughs) That is not a good show. I have to stop it because you're going to keep laughing. So the way he cries when she dies is a weird cry. That's all I'll say. It lasts three seconds and that's it. Okay. And she falls into a pool naked, butt in the air. And for some reason... He has a flower on him, and it's covered in blood, Neil. Now, he's holding the flower up in the air. I don't know where he got this flower from. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It's got blood on it. He's still in the pool at this point. His wife is floating. With no blood. There we go. She's got blood now. I'm assuming because whoever's pool it is, they don't want to get the fake blood in it, because then you have to drain the whole pool. Probably, yeah. I think so. That's why she's floating upside down and got a bit on her back. Oh, no, he's... I take it back. He's put the bloody flower in. (laughs) What a prick. That might not be the swimming pool, though. That doesn't look like swimming pool water. I think that's a different (laughs) shot. Yeah, because it's expensive to clean a pool. So, in a weird romantic-y way, I'm going to say that Neil decides that he, um, he wants to be with his wife one last time, even though she's dead. He decides to lie in the pool with her. <laughs> Why? Why is he lying face down? I don't know how I'm going to describe this to people. So <laughs> his wife is lying floating on the water, you know, like butt in the air. Then Neil has decided to wrap his arm around her, doing the same kind of like floating on the water <laughs> with his ass in the air. Is that his ball bag? Yes. Oh. <laughs> But you can clearly see his ball sack at the bottom. 
Neil really loves to get naked. Make sure you follow us on Instagram so I can post this. Oh yeah, this is going to be a highlight. The fact that he's got his arm sort of around her neck, forcing her head in the pool, <laughs> is pretty dark. But he can't breathe. Like, why doesn't he just pick her up in his arms again? And then he doesn't have to almost drown. Because he'd rather have his nutsack floating around. <laughs> <laughs> he's got to get out there. I don't know if it's some like romantic thing he thought this would be quite romantic, or it's some sort of artsy kind of way of saying... <sighs> We're still together even though you're dead. I don't know. It's just weird. Some of the decisions. And the- Can we get off his ballsack, please? I can't. <laughs> yeah. Just literally waving at me. Stop zooming in. <laughs> Sorry. Dan's phone wallpaper. He sees her every now and again, like in the desert. And weirdly, he just has like weird visions of her, like she's still there and stuff. But a common theme of this film is that he's always just like, I don't know, passing out in the desert. He does go to bed. He passes out in the desert every time for reasons. It's too hot. He always ends up in front of or next to the car like sleeping on the gravel. I don't know what happens, but that's just a common theme in this amazing, amazing film. It says, help me in blood on the car. Yeah, it says, help me blood. Might have just been the ketchup from his tuna. He mentions he has to always keep changing identities and his way of doing that is by switching out number plates every now and again. So (laughs) that's going to change the identity and also changing his clothes in the bathroom stall. Not changing his face or hair. No, it's just his clothes. So no one would recognize him. Oh, Vegas. I love Vegas. (laughs) He gets to Vegas, and as he's driving into Vegas, again, still trying to debate if he's the villain or the hero, he literally just says, welcome to Vegas, enjoy it while you can, I'm going to end it all. Oh, it's a bummer. Who is he talking to himself? No, he's monologuing the whole fucking film, so there you go. Vegas is like grown-up Disneyland, you can't be sad in Vegas. Uh, I don't like Disneyland, so the chances are I won't like Vegas. Uh, it's like, it's more adult and you can get more drunk in Vegas. Vegas is great. It's still a no from me, thanks. I thought we were going to go and see Celine Dion when it opened. Yeah, we'll go see Celine Dion and uh, Elvira. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's it. I just want to go for the, the matinee Celine Dion, Elvira <laughs> in the evening, late night flight. Don't meet Neil Breen there, he'll blow it up. Yeah, well, yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> Anyway, it's talking of that. He goes to Vegas because he's going to meet a contact there. And when he meets the contact, he says to Neil that terrorists are going to plan something bigger than 9-11. But isn't that Neil? <laughs> he's talking about himself. <laughs> yeah. So... I don't know, and I still don't know if he means they think they found someone and it's Neil, or there's someone else involved now. I don't know. I literally don't know. It kind of makes sense a little bit later on, but then I still am a bit confused. So, there's a bit that is probably the greatest scene in cinema history. I'm just going to say it. I don't know how to describe this bit, but Neil is just rock climbing, as always. He's in the desert, and he's having another normal day as Neil Breen, right? (laughs) Climbing some rocks, eating some tuna. It sounds like a fucking bear. (laughs) He basically hears a noise or something and he goes to check it out and he's holding his gun and he gets around a corner and around this corner is an old man just (laughs) sitting down with his arms folded really weirdly and he's got like an old beard. He kind of looks a bit like Father Christmas kind of thing and he's just sat on the ground. There's no explanation. It's like a little gnome. He looks like me in 10 years. Five years. (laughs) Neil is pointing a gun at him and he says something along the lines of I didn't know old men were here <laughs> <or something. laughs> It's 
Excuse me. Sorry. Pardon me. In the middle of the <laughs> desert or something. It gets better. So Neil ignores him, climbs up the rock next to the old man, just completely ignores him, doesn't say a word to him, okay? Goes up the rock. Then the old man decides to get up, okay? Mm. He's now getting up. He's walking up slow. He's a bit frail and fragile. And he's looking to follow Neil up this rock, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Neil now sees the old man walking up the rock and he has his gun in hand and he's not pointing at him, he's just looking at him to see what he's doing. The man slips on a really, really small, like a small <laughs> rock, like the smallest pebble. edge of all time, okay? He slips and slowly falls. Oh! Right. <laughs> he's dead. He landed on a bigger rock apparently and his head is full of blood. He's dead. Now, Neil, seeing this, goes back down from the rock. Oh, he's not quite dead. Old man is still moving at this point, but he's bleeding from the head. He looks like at this point he's going to die. But no, what happens is that the blood disappears magically and the old man just gets up. (laughs) He's sat in a slightly erotic way, I think. (laughs) Neil's almost got a little bit of side boob going on. As soon as Neil sat next to him, the blood from his head gone. He just sits right back up like nothing happened. Is that not a continuity error? Or is that part of the story that, like, Neil's magically healed him? No, or something? We, we don't. Well, it's a continuity error. Almost certainly. Okay. It's a shitty fucking editing error. <laughs> so gonna continuity, try. yeah. Just checking. <laughs> I can't be sure with these. So, like in Neil Breen films, as we've known so far, of course there's <laughs> got to be some sort of magical element to all of this, because, you know, it's Neil Breen. If it's a fucking cube, I'm leaving. It's not a cube. <laughs> the old man gives him a rock. <laughs> it's like a shiny rock, kind of like a crystal. The old man gives him a rock, and he buries the old man in rocks. Hang on, he was alive a minute ago. He was alive, yeah. <laughs> so he's just buried a living man. He's still alive. He's underneath going, fucking Neil, let me out, you prick. Yeah. And he's given him a nice shiny rock, and then he's just fucking buried him. He is a terrorist. I'm giving up, but I'm going to push on. <laughs> he can also speak to the dead. Obviously. He sees his parents in a magical dream, and the funny thing is, Neil is older than the parents. <laughs> So it doesn't make any sense. I'm assuming maybe they died a long time ago. What, and they kept their age? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's probably not it, but just go with it. So he's doing all this. He's speaking to dead. He can do a bunch of stuff. He's also selling anthrax (laughs) for invisible (laughs) potion tubes. What? Anthrax. Why? How can he say he's not a terrorist? That's how he makes money. Who's he selling it to? Other fucking terrorists? Yeah. But they all hate him and want to kill him. (laughs) So he's going up against the terrorists, but he's also supplying the terrorists. I mean, that's a way to maximise your profits, really, if you play both sides. does sound like the US government, in fairness. <laughs> I mean, brainious. It's brainious, that's what it is. So he sells anthrax to get the invisible potions. Let's call the Harry <laughs> Potter invisible potions. <laughs> so the way he does that, he gets it from the terrorists, so he has anthrax because he's like a chemical engineer or whatever. He engineers these chemicals in the car in the desert, does he? Yeah, he makes it for them. I thought he was a hacker. No, he's a computer hacker, scientist, agent, ultimate superman that's what he keeps all the cans for for his lab in his car (laughs) i'm starting to feel like i'm having a breakdown here (laughs) it gets worse the whole purpose of this is that it seems like he's going to stop some terrorists but at the same time he keeps mentioning that he's going to possibly (laughs) blow up las vegas at some point one of my favorite scenes of all time again just this film is so has some just the most amazing things i've ever seen in my life he goes undercover 
as a wedding driver, so a guy who picks up people from the chapel in Las Vegas and drives them to the hotel. He goes undercover as that driver. One of the guys in this wedding chapel is this terrorist that they're hunting. Now, if you were a terrorist, would you get married during a time when you're going to do something quite big? Or maybe you would. Maybe you would, actually, thinking about it. Maybe hiding in... Which one's the terrorist? The one that's getting in the car or the other one? There's a couple getting in the car. There's a guy with glasses and a blonde, I think, blonde girl or a redhead girl. And Neil puts them in the car. He spikes their drinks with poison or chemical... Something. Tuna brine. He puts some sort of chemical in. Yeah. And they drink it and they die in the most hilarious way. They just die like they're yawning <laughs> in a yawning fashion. It's weird when he kills them he realizes he picked up the wrong couple (laughs) 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 and there was two couples on the front and it goes back to them going like a clever moment in the film going ah see there was a two couples like we're like (laughs) he killed the wrong couple but he buries their bodies anyway gracefully with the old man that's really nice of him but when he goes to find the right couple (laughs) he realizes they've run away into the desert and they've, as a classic with Neil Breen films, committed suicide. They just got married. Yeah. Have they committed suicide by putting red paint on their foreheads? This is where your brain will just go, yeah, okay, that don't make sense. Now, it defies all logic, what I'm about to explain here, because some people might have guessed this. So, Neil, in this moment, says, they knew what was coming, so they killed themselves. Uh... Now, what was coming was Neil going to kill them. Why would you <laughs> why would you kill yourself to avoid someone killing you? Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Do you see what I mean? See <laughs> So what they know that Neil Breen is gonna come kill him, right? Somehow. Yeah. Breen turns up in the roles. He picks up the wrong couple. Surely they would have gone Best agent. Ah, we're good. He's fucked off with yeah. the other people. Fuck him, we're still alive. Not it's time for us to die before this guy kills us. Yeah. I mean, I'm very impressed with her acting. I mean, they're both sat up, which wouldn't work, leaning against each other. And they managed to shoot himself point blank in the head. <laughs> yeah, but her dead face that we're looking at right now, she doesn't look happy about it. So that's quite impressive. We're pretty sulky. Give her the Breen Oscar. I've skipped a lot. I'm just pointing <laughs> out scenes that I have to mention. He goes to buy Ferrari because uh, he needs one. Because <laughs> he needs one. For some reason, and I don't know why, the number plate is not spelt how you spell Ferrari. <laughs> It's spelled F-A-R-R-A-R-I, not F-E, on the number plate. So it's it's a Ferrari car, but the number plate says F-A-R. I assume somebody famous has already got one that says Ferrari. Yeah, it might be a licensing thing. It's just weird, though. Why would you... <laughs> Those number plates on the back, you can have whatever you want on them, I think. No, they don't always have them on the front. They can have weird ones compared to us, but they don't have to have one on the front, I don't think. They have to have one on the back. I love that there are places in Vegas that you can rent a car like this. That's clearly what he spent all his money on, going to rent this Ferrari. (laughs) Anyway, he's a lockpick expert as well, I forgot to mention, but he does tell us at this point. He hacks in, well, he opens the Ferrari vehicle, and then he picks up someone with the most (laughs) fakest facial hair I have ever seen in any film or even any party I've been to where it's fancy dress. <laughs> it is so unbelievably oh, fake. Wow. <laughs> wow. They don't even match. <laughs> the moustache and the beard are not together. 
the moustache is so glossy. Look at that. It's fucking unreal. That beard could be almost real, but cut really badly. Yeah. And then they've stuck the moustache on, but they're different colours. No, here's what I reckon they did, right? I reckon they had the moustache with gaffer tape, then went back to it and thought, actually, that's not going to work. Let's just fix it in paint. <laughs> he kills this man by using a hooker to slightly undress herself in public. She is a hooker, by the way. <laughs> He distracts the beard facial guy with this hooker and he puts an injection into him, Neil, and he uh, knocks him unconscious. The beard thing gets weirder, guys, <laughs> because he goes to visit these guys who give him the tip-offs. I think they're FBI. I don't really know. And he brings this fake facial hair guy to them in the Ferrari. He's just unconscious, right? Not dead. He's unconscious. They look in and see this guy and they're like, who's this? Neil then proceeds to take off the fake mustache and beard. Okay. When he does this, they pull out their guns. <laughs> Why? Like the disguise was so good that they didn't know who the wanted man was until they took off the really shitty facial hair. That's like Superman though, isn't it? And Clark Kent. He puts his glasses on and no one knows who he is. This film. Now he's pulled that fake beard off. It looked quite realistic. This film. And they were about to shoot him and he's unconscious, by the way. <laughs> it just doesn't make fucking sense. I wonder if that hurt when he ripped off the moustache, but he still had to pretend to be unconscious. And now he's going. I don't know. Oh, now they're driving away. Okay. Neil, shirtless scene. you got to love it. you just got to have it. Side boob. He has a denim jacket <laughs> with every single military medal on it. No, 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 no. He has a denim gilet. Yeah, it's a vest. Vest, sorry. With every single medal ever, apparently. He's got the Medal of Honor as well, apparently, Neil. So he's, wow. he's that good. Is that a purple heart? I don't know what they look like, but that one's purple. Yeah, the one left is purple. I think it might be that. So, yeah, just to remind you how great he is throughout this film, an hour in, that's another reason why Neil is so so great there's a lot of stuff that happens i am literally going to skip right to the end oh yeah by the way his wife is in the body bag with him in the desert he just carries her around oh she would be so stinky in the boot oh is she in the boot of the car with the tuna yeah as if the tuna wasn't bad enough now she's in a body bag that's baking in the hot sun every day (laughs) not kidding wait he leaves her in the desert yep and then he goes and comes back he goes come back and then she would be person soup yeah. Like she uh, She would have been pulled apart by coyotes, I'm sure. Yeah, that too. Gross. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> You're probably wondering, what's the point of this film? Where does the <laughs> end go from here? This is a good question. This is how the ending ends. And if you remember Fateful Findings, that was some fucking ending. Well, this one is just up there. Neil has met with the world leaders of the world, like always. <laughs> and they're all in the desert together, by the looks of it. Why are they in the desert? Because they're in that location pretty much 70% of the film because they only had that location. It's free. Free as well, yeah. He's gathered like a bunch of world leaders and important people and they're all talking in like a, a circle, but the camera only focuses on them, kind of like in Fateful Findings. And they're talking to Neil, but they're not in the same area because the camera only focuses on one face at a time so it looks really badly edited anyway they've decided that neil has stopped the terrorists and i still don't know if i'm right but i'm gonna give this my best shot he stopped the terrorists but now they know of what he's capable of so in order to stop more terrorists from happening they're going to use neil instead and go don't do a big incident in las vegas and blow it up if you're gonna do it do a small incident So he blows up (laughs) part of Vegas. Oh, damn. Come on. And he burns it to the ground. (laughs) 
What? <sighs> the whole of Vegas. He burns the whole of Vegas to the ground. No, 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 no. Just a little bit. Just a couple of people's local businesses and shops and their family businesses. Just, just a couple of people. So, no, no, wait. So, to stop terrorism... The terrorism that Neil was going to do, the big terrorism. Yeah, yeah, the big terrorism. <laughs> the world leaders have told him to only do a little terrorism. <laughs> a little terrorism, yeah. It sounds yeah. like South Park, I know, but yeah, I think I have to rewatch it, but I couldn't word it correctly. Like, it was so weird, but it sounded like they wanted to scare off further terrorists from coming in, but they knew that Neil was American. Like, Neil makes this bit patriotic speech of how much he's an American randomly one day. <laughs> like, we realise. <laughs> He's patriotic, apparently. That makes him not a terrorist. I, I don't. Because he's American. He's a patriot. Don't come here, terrorists. We've already got some little terrorism here, so you might want to go somewhere else and do a big one. Yeah, so their logic is Neil is the greatest terrorist, so if you come near us, you'll see what we'll do. And to show what we'll do, we'll take out half of our very famous city out by burning it to the ground in America. America. Get it? Yeah? Clear? Yeah. No, but yeah, go on. So yeah, that's the film. <laughs> oh, that's the end. <laughs> I mean, I can't see any buildings on fire. It's just a forest. Yeah, there's one stock footage of a building on fire, and then there's a second one that is like entirely different resolution, so you can tell the difference <laughs> between the two. So yeah, there's stock footage of burning buildings coming up, but yeah, you can watch them in the film. They're great. Christ. So that's kind of the end of the film. He kind of somehow uses the rock. You remember the magical rock? <laughs> oh fucking! Here we go. Yeah. He gets to kind of live with her on her plane, like where she's <laughs> his dreams. You know, in his dreams when he sees her. <laughs> the coyotes have picked her clean. What happened is um, the actual body of the wife in the body bag is dead. And we know this because one of the last shots of the film is there's a skeleton head popping out of the body bag, but it's so fake and plastic. Can we go back to when you called it a skeleton head and not a skull? Skull, sorry, <laughs> sorry. But it looks literally like something I bought out of the pound store. Yeah. Also, aren't body bags black? And that is camouflage. So I'm sleeping bag. thinking that's a tent bag. <laughs> I think it is, yeah. It's quite a big bag, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, she kind of dies. He smashes the skull with a rock and smashes his laptops. So he's like, my life is over now. The only way to get to her is to smash my laptops because that was what's holding me back and it was because she appears in the back of the seat when he's driving away and it's like you don't know if it's real or if it's a ghost of her and she's just there with him forever but it's a nice little sweet ending Neil smiles is she in the back why isn't he letting her sit shotgun because she's not fucking real she's not allowed oh. and then the last shot you see is the broken laptops that appear again in fateful findings the same ones by the way I did check they're exactly <laughs> the same laptops and he drives away and Neil has saved the, I mean he's kind of saved the world he hasn't, he saved, hasn't the day. saved the day He's blown up part of Vegas. The whole thing, uh, the threat was, oh, don't blow up America because we've got our own terrorists. <laughs> See, he's burnt down part of Vegas. What's that? He's retired. He's fucked off in a car with a ghost. He's found a skull in a fucking tent bag. These credits are fucking great. Keep going. The last line of the film, I swear to you, is this. I swear to you, this is the last line he says in his monologue in the film. Forgive me, but it had to be this way. <laughs> now I don't know if he's talking about the film <laughs> but that's just the perfect way to brainiac yeah. it all and I thought it was done that's it the film credits well I thought that was it 
But even in the credits, the brainius is still here. No brain, no brain, some other guy. No brain, no brain, no brain, no brain. That's what I thought. But yeah, he is. He's, he had two editors, by the way. Neil Breen was the editor and another person. They did a fucking horrible job of this. <laughs> Neil Breen is doing a lot of the roles, production manager, casting, operator is different. He had a yeah, operating crew with him. But the weird thing about it is when we get to lighting and makeup and hair, there's something really odd about just putting none. none at the end of it. If you didn't have a person for that job... You just wouldn't put it in. You just wouldn't put it in, yeah. But they have, in the credits, lighting, <laughs> none. Makeup and hair, none. It just... Also, yeah. locations, Neil Breen. You didn't shoot it at Neil Breen. He did do the catering, though. <laughs> yeah, he provided the tuna. He brought the tuna. <laughs> That's all the crew and cast <laughs> And that, my friends, is oh, another Brenius. edition of Neil Brenius Breen. That was Double Down. I will return to this, but it's going to take a couple of episodes because it takes a while to get through one of these things. But yep. send me requests of what you want next. Oh, dear God. Amazing. What do you have for me this time? Cryptography? Hacking into a banking system? Shutting down a power grid for a major city? Cutting off the water system for half the country? Hacking into the stock market? Closing down a bank? Fixing an election? It's all easy. I have a little palate cleanser just before we get into Andy's crazy film. I yesterday watched Unfriended Dark Web. Oh, yeah, the sequel to that film we liked. The one with the internet ghosts. With the blender. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to talk about it because it was really good. So go and watch it. There are no internet ghosts. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> Promise there are no internet ghosts. It is basically the same premise. Guy gets a laptop, starts using it. Was it Neil Breen? <laughs> no, I just said one laptop. Oh, sorry, sorry. Singular. Yeah. <laughs> starts using it, is chatting to his friends at the same time. Turns out the laptop belonged to someone who does dodgy things on the dark web. Oh, the dark web. Yeah, so the dark web get them rather than internet ghosts well at least that's a bit more realistic than internet ghosts <laughs> yeah it was great if you're only going to watch one watch the good one watch dark web so i would recommend that i also watched a film called polaroid on netflix oh shit don't watch that <laughs> great review <laughs> the hard sell there we apologize <laughs> no don't watch it it was basically the goosebumps book say cheese and die oh with a little bit of final destination in there but also not good so I've saved you an hour and a half. Don't watch that. I'm a massive fan of Goosebumps. Is that not the same as One Hour Photo? Possibly. I haven't seen it. Kid's got a haunted Polaroid camera, takes pictures of her mates, has to stop them dying. Oh, no, 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 no. One Hour Photo is very different. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's say cheese and die. Yeah. And then how do we stop it? And how do we final destination it? Don't bother. And because you've all signed up to Shudder, because I've recommended it so much, Todd and the Book of Pure Evil is on Shudder, which I have seen before and is fucking great. Not a sponsor. Shudder should. I love Shudder. No, I'm saying they're not a sponsor, but if they want to... No, they should be. We're more than happy. You could finally get that third account. I know. <laughs> I couldn't remember how to log in last night because I couldn't remember which account I'd kept. <laughs> Todd and the Book of Pure Evil is a horror comedy series. It's not starring Jason Mewes, but he's in it. Teenagers in high school find the Book of Pure Evil. It escapes and every week it does something fucked up to their school. And it is funny and silly. And yeah, watch that. Hang on a second. Did you say the book escapes? 
Yeah, it's hmm. magic. It's the book of evil. It flies away. It flies away. It flies away, but it draws its power from emotionally unstable people. So clearly high school is perfect. So every week it will like float around to like another sad or angry teenager and get them to read a bit of it. And then there's a homunculus running around killing people or an invisible girl. <laughs> it's great. It's silly. It's awesome. I'm sad they cancelled it. So go watch it on Shudder. And that was the first edition of Shit to Watch and <laughs> Shit Not to Watch. Can't wait Ta-da. for next week. <laughs> Andy. Yeah, Andy was so in a twist about this that he was going to talk about this next week, but he's just seen it and he couldn't hold it in couldn't anymore. Keep it in. Yeah, I was late, wasn't I? Twenty minutes late because I put this on. I was going to talk about something totally different, but when the opening line of a film is "I'm a woman that was born with seven clits, each one craving constant attention," you get sucked in immediately. <laughs> you didn't tell us the tagline. <laughs> Nearly choked on my drink. To most, I'm just a girl with the crazy vagina. I think I might be a new species. I need men to feed the beast. <laughs> I have questions before we start. Where are they all? Do you know? Sorry, can you just say the name of the film before we start? Because oh, yeah. <laughs> the name of the film, this came recommended by a friend of the podcast, Brad. The film is called Bad Biology. And he didn't tell me anything about it other than <laughs> Thanks, Brad. something we spoke about reminded him of it. And I've got no idea what it was because nothing we've spoken about is like this. Oh, God, this could be horrible. No, and it can't be Fifty Shades because that hasn't come out yet. Uh, I think it's something sexy, something to do with sex. Maybe not sexy, but something to do with sex. I'm sorry, I need to know where all seven of them are. And don't say on her vagina, like, because that seems like a lot. You could probably have like two or three. Do you actually see them? You do, yeah. They're inside her vagina. That's not oh, that, w- That's not where the clitoris is. It's not inside. That's an inside vagina, not a vagina. That's a different type of vagina. I agree with you. She said most of them are inside. Most of them? She thinks there might be even more. She spent <laughs> a lot of her youth at doctors. Jesus. So she's got one outside, like normal. <laughs> I mean, there wasn't a close-up of that vagina. Well, there should be because I have questions <laughs> so she's either got one on the outside and she knows she has six on the inside but there might be more there might be more yeah but she knows that there are six more unless there's like three on the outside four on the inside look all i know is that she is a woman that was born with seven clits there might be more since then there might have been less it's unlikely you get an inside shot you know this is not the sort of thing to watch whilst you're eating <laughs> and i'll go through it what this film is, is it's basically a kind of fucked up love story <laughs> about a woman called Jennifer. Okay. Here she is. Look, you can't see her. Yeah. But, uh... We can. Blonde hair, pink wear. She's having a Harry Met Sally moment in this bar. Yeah, this expression is pretty much constant throughout the whole film, <laughs> right? Every time you see her, she's doing that. Eyes closed, mouth pursed. That's got to be really annoying. Like, who's got time for that all day? Got shit to do. It's like she's having a sleep. She's having a good old sleep. Mm. She's just having a snooze in a bar. (laughs) Who's this naked man? So this naked guy is called Bats. And we'll come back to him later. Okay. But the important thing you need to see is... Sorry, his name is Bats. B-A-T-Z. So what he's doing now is he's taking the uh, end of a syringe. He's getting some medicine in it. While naked. And I think you can tell where this is going. It's blue. His nuts are out. And... What? Oh my God. No, oh! Andy, Andy, no. What's that? No, that- I have a phobia to fucking needles. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that was a real ball bag? I don't know. Why is this episode all about ball bags? <laughs> I don't know. That's two I've seen today. <laughs> 
That's two more than I usually see most days. I actually think it was Shaft. Not, no. Not yeah, I think it was Shaft. No, I don't think it was. It anyway, we'll come back to it. Do we have to? Please don't play that clip. I have a fear of needles, please. It's gone. Just, it's gone. You just show me a needle going into someone's nutsack. Right, so Jennifer oh. meets oh. this guy at a bar and... Oh, oh, I'm so uncomfortable right now. And... She's, you know, she's chatting him up. In fact, she's not chatting him up. It's getting a bit saucy. She's asleep. <laughs> oh, he's licking her face. <laughs> it's fucking weird, man. This was a bad choice. Oops. She asks what his tattoos are about. And he smacks her in the face. <sighs> what? So they're having unconscious sex. With- <laughs> hang on, hang on. Let's slow down, right? <laughs> I think they should be slowing down. This is all happening very quickly. Here is a picture, and you can't quite see it, of him yeah. fucking a planet. <laughs> and he says, this is me fucking the world. You can see here, FTW, fuck the world. Uh, this is what I'm going to do to you. And then it carries on into the bedroom. That's not sexy. She starts taking pictures of him and he doesn't appreciate it. So he swings at her. She sort of chews up the blood. Weird. Then continues to take pictures. At this point, as she's getting into the sort oh, of Christ. end piece, she starts cracking his head on the floor with no real context. But Andy, I know that 50 Shades was an experience, what? but this is... this. What's happened now? <laughs> Talk to us. Why are we watching porn? Like, it's fine, but I'm not no, no, prepared no, for not, this. We're not, right. This ain't fucking porn. This is like Julie X sort of shit that's going on. So, as a consequence of this, because of her seven clips, <laughs> she somehow... <laughs> I forgot! <laughs> she somehow also has, like, uh, an express reproductive system. What? They're not connected. No, they're not. You can have a baby without having a clit. There's some science behind it. I didn't really write it down. Oh, she's got hyper metabolism. <laughs> I'm not quite sure why. That's got nothing to do with babies or clitorises. Clitori? But the important part of this... We're nine minutes into the film. <laughs> <laughs> the important part is that she goes into labour two hours after receiving a seed. <laughs> so why would you say that? Why? Why? <laughs> What? What the fuck was that? Oh, it's a baby in a bath. No, it's not. It's like a fetus in a bath. It was like a little. That's a fetus. Frankenstein. That's just fetus. uh, But it was a full-grown baby. That's no. Now she knows that they're a bit deformed. What? How many of them has she had? (laughs) Every time. Every time she has sex. Yeah. Two hours later. Why doesn't she wear a condom? Well, she doesn't wear one, but... She says she prefers not to because she likes the feeling of something kicking and screaming coming out of her. Sometimes it's better than coming. Uh, It's weird, right? Dan's dead. Dan's gone. So, uh, let's move the story on a bit. I need to know from Brad what we talked about that made him think of this. I am just... What? The picture she was taking earlier, right? Mate, my mind's gone blank after that. You're going to have to remind me. (laughs) She collects them. Okay. And has like a photo album that she calls Fuckface, a catalogue of lovers. <laughs> With their fuckface. And they are some of the worst things I've ever seen. They are genuinely terrifying. I was going to say. Oh my God. Why are they deformed if she's yeah. just filming their banging faces? I assume it's motion blur. Yeah, maybe. It was a shitty little camera. But I don't really know. He's creepy. He's got no eyebrows. Yeah, they fuck in about 10 minutes then she leaves a baby in a car. She's just leaving all these deformed fetuses everywhere. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of art, isn't oh it? Oh, my God. I, d- I don't know what happened. What happened? I d- uh, this right here, you wanted to see the inside of the vagina. No. Uh, well, There's a guy looking inside. Is that a clit? Like, in the top left? That is, yeah. <sighs> 
You know, when I started this podcast, I thought it would be a little bit different. Top right pen, that's also one. Bottom left, oh. it looks like a couple of slugs. We're inside a vagina. We are. And Why are some of them green? Yeah, it looks like she's got hornets, you know? And They're not clitorises. It's weird. What the hell's happened to us? And also, the fact that he could see into her, like, I... Ugh... <laughs> Uh, I thought we were meant to talk about films in this podcast. I don't really know what's going on. Anyway. He's really mad about all her clips, isn't he? Yeah, he's not a big fan. So here she is with another partner. They met in a bar and he said that they had a real connection. Obviously, they get down to business and she's saying to him now, oh, I really want to see you again. We've really connected. I want to see more of you. And he's like, yeah, that'd be fine. He gets up, puts on a pair of jeans. She grabs a lamp. What? and twats him around the head for literally no reason. So she's now screaming at him. And smashing his head in. Saying, I can't believe you did this. Why would you do this to me? And then she pauses and goes, oh, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean this. She's covered in blood and then continues hitting him again. You did this on purpose because I was in a really good mood today, didn't you? Yeah. I was not traumatised. I want to watch Neil Brain. <laughs> Here she is dropping it in the bin. Mm, why is it brown and wiggly? I don't know. Christ. So, back to Bats, right? So, Bats has this problem with his dick. <laughs> of course he does. We're 34 minutes into this film. Jesus. For some reason, when he was a kid... I felt a little bit sick. It sort of got snipped a bit, and he could never get an erection. He used to use steroids and growth hormones. However, it resulted in... Please don't show it. <laughs> it resulted in it Please don't show it. getting out of hand. And essentially, it's now got a mind of its own. It's addicted to drugs because he's been injecting it straight into the shaft. And he now <laughs> has like a homicidal dick. So now we've gone idle hands with this dick. We've gone idle hands with the dick. Now, it's important to note that Jenny is a photographer. What is that? This is Jedi Mind Tricks. He's a rapper, I think. And this is a vagina mask that they're going to use as the photo shoot. I feel really sick. Now, where's the important bit? Here we go. I don't... So, they shoot all of this in Bats' house. That's horrible. It's pretty creepy. This is why I thought it was a horror. She goes, she goes into Bats' house to find him and... Just the stunned silence for me and Dan at what we're seeing right now. Bats is there. He's having an argument with his dick. The drug-addled monster dick. And there <laughs> it is. And one ball bag. That's three ball bags I've seen today. Uh, for context, it is like... Pen, how would you describe it? I've been sick a little bit in my mouth, I swear. Um, oh, he... Uh, oh, it was like a big... Wiggly Willy. Pepperoni. Yeah, it was like a massive wiggly willy and he's trying to slap it about to stop it and one of his ball bags is hanging out of his jeans. <sighs> my sense of humour has just died. It just died in my heart. You know when you just feel a little bit sick in like the top of yeah. like just under your throat? That's how I feel. Why? Would you like me to continue? I mean... I mean, no, but I mean, go on. <laughs> We're going to have to. Yeah. <laughs> Through it. In fairness, in my notes, this is when I had stop here. So I can stop. <laughs> no, I just remember sending you a text or a message, Andy, saying the podcast every week is kind of like my therapy session. I'm starting to regret <laughs> saying that now. I feel like I need therapy after all this. Look, there's one person to blame for this, and it's Brad. Thanks for listening. <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Brad, if you don't follow us on everything now, I don't know, I'll send the wiggly bad biology dick after you. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Jen steals Bats' keys and breaks into his house. What does she do after? Like, she just sees him fighting with his dick. She just leaves. Okay, to be fair, that's what I would do. <laughs> she leaves and she's like, what's up with that dude? And they're like, I don't know. So what's the point of this film? I'm getting to it. Okay. She's now trying to sell the pictures of the vagina faces. And her editor says, vagina faces, Jennifer. What were you thinking? Vagina faces? And it's possibly the greatest point <laughs> in the film. We cut to Bats. He's asleep. God, why? He's sort of barely conscious. The dick's awake, though. There's a lot of moving and rumbling underneath the blanket. Oh, the dick's coming. <laughs> and it sees in purple. It sees in purple. Is it stretching? Because it's getting towards the door. <laughs> like, it's getting longer. Interesting question. It has now probably gone maybe two metres away from the bed. It has detached itself and it is fucked off. That's because he kept smacking it. Yeah. He's in an abusive relationship, so he left. Are we in some kind of wizard world or something? I don't really know what this is. Was it a dream? Ah. No, it's real. Oh. It gets out of the door because the front door was open. Why is the floor? And then it goes on a bit of a journey through the town. Oh, no. Oh, no. I know what's going to happen. Here it comes, bursting through the floorboards. Oh, my fucking God. This is... (laughs) It looks horrendous. It's like... Oh, it's got such a big hole. It does not... That's not... I mean, penises are not flattering, but Jesus Christ, this one. Holy fuck. You can see where this is going. We don't need to watch the next. It just looks like a fillet of steak. Oh, why would you do that? I'm never going to eat again. We don't need to watch the next 15 minutes. Oh, are they doing like a Nightmare on Elm Street bit in the bar? Yeah, it goes into like loads of different homes and stuff. Meanwhile, Jen turns up at Bats' place and he's like, yeah, my dick ran off. (laughs) Has he still got his balls? He's still got his balls. But she's like, we were made to be together. I've got seven clits. You've got a dick with a mind of its own. We should be together. Oh, I thought she was going to say you've got no dick. So, the dick is fucked off. Then they hear a noise and the dick has come back <gasps> and it's struggling to breathe. <gasps> so she's giving it CPR. She gives the dick CPR. <laughs> stop. 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 No. Pause. No. Pa- no stop. Pause it. No. no stop. No. No. Stop. Don't pause. No, 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 don't leave it on this screen. (laughs) Right, okay, we'll go straight to the end. So, he has died. Wait, 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 Andy, hang on, wait. We just got to process all this, hang on. Why, why? Questions. Why, is it some sort of metaphor we're looking for here, or some sort of guidance that I'm trying, I don't know what I'm trying to... I don't know, but I needed to get it out of my system and into yours. So, it's a bunch of things that just happened that don't make sense yeah that's the film someone has got a drug addled dick and someone else has got seven clits and they should in theory be together but why they live in the same city and i don't really understand but now his dick's gone okay wait so who's dead she gives it cpr and it looks like she's playing the recorder so what she does is she injects it with all of the steroids to get it back to life and it then grows and then does what it does and inserts itself into her Meanwhile, Bats has died Why? because he's OD'd on the drugs that she injected into the dick. But they're not attached anymore. But they're still connected for some reason. Couldn't tell you why. <sighs> so, she has had the time of her life. Has she? Yeah. She says she's had God deep inside her, our father who art in Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> so she stands up. She stands up and it falls out of her. The dick or the baby? I'm about to find out, aren't I? Yes. Oh, why is it grey? I don't know. That's the dick, right? Yeah. Instantly, she's gone into labour. So she's squeezing it out. And then all of a sudden, she just dies. (laughs) 
<laughs> so he's dead. That was a great death. She's dead. The dick is now dead. But she was going into labour as she was dying. Oh, is it? Oh, oh, and oh, oh, she's had a baby dick and it's got a mouth and it's got balls and it's got arms and legs. And I don't want to do this anymore. That is the end. Credits roll. I'm glad that I've had to put you through that because I feel like Brad has put me through that. I've got no idea why he recommended it. But uh, if I've got to suffer, you've all got to suffer. Dan's not looking happy. You have to text him right now and find out what it was that reminded him because I never want to say it again, whatever it was. I think it was found footage. Don't make this my fault. I'm I'm speechless. <laughs> I am legitimately speechless. I have literally nothing to say. <laughs> There's nothing to discuss. It's just like, <sighs> what can we discuss from that? What could we possibly? <sighs> Brad, I hate you. Thing is, right, there is a whole genre of horror movies that are body horror, you know, like The Fly and Hmm. Videodrome, which I don't particularly enjoy anyway. But this isn't even that. This is, uh, I don't even know what it is, but it's not even... You can't. uh, It was written by R.A. the Rugged Man, right? Who? Hip Hop Genius, Uh. which kind of explains the amount of gratuitous nudity and just the amount of dicks. But why? I don't know. With most films, even if I don't like them, I still learn something from them. <laughs> but with this, I don't know what I've learned here. I've learned that, you know, watch out, your dick might grow really big to two me- like it Don't inject it with rhino steroids. I don't know what to learn from this. What do I take from this? Someone help me out here. I'm literally having a midlife crisis on air. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I have no words. I literally have... This is the first time I've been speechless in a long time. Just I have no words. I feel like this has been a success. Andy, why do you have to bring us down? It is a cult favourite. No, you're all wrong. No, no it's no. that art house kind of thing, trying to be art house when it's just fucking absolute bollocks. Like, it just does not make fucking sense at all. There's just dicks walking around. That makes no sense why there'd be dicks just suddenly become things that walk around with a mouth and a face and a... When I say it's a cult classic, I don't mean I'm a massive fan of it. I'm saying people are. In the same way that Neil Breen is a cult classic. He's a fan favourite. I feel fucking terrible right now. Violated. (laughs) And we still have to talk about one fucking film. And I was in a really good mood and Andy's... No, I, d- I don't know. See, this always happens every time we do a podcast. <laughs> can we next time? Can we just talk about some happy films, please? <laughs> All happy films. It's weird that you sound so deflated, but I suddenly feel like uplifted and joyous. I'm genuinely. <laughs> I'm not squeamish, but that's not sitting right with me. I feel a little bit sick. I recommend you watch it, Ben. Like it is odd and unnecessary. Wait, Andy, did you enjoy the film? <laughs> Yeah, it was alright. Yeah, well, it's not as I feel, man. It was just meat to feed the hungry beast. A beast so unique that I'm convinced I'm my own species. A new species. The doctors think of a genetic mistake, but I believe I'm an evolutionary leap forward. A female of the future who feeds on orgasms the way you people devour burgers and fries. Films Out of a Hat is where we take a film every week and then we discuss it on the next podcast. Last week's one was Girl Next Door. <laughs> It's a 2004 <laughs> film. There's a romantic comedy film about a high school senior who falls in love in the first time with the girl next door, but finds out the situation is becoming complicated when he learns she's a former pornographic actress. <laughs> it stars Emil Hirsch, Ishka Kubert, 
Timothy Olyphant, James Rayner, and Paul Dano. It's directed by Luke Greenfield, despite mixed reviews and low theatrical. <laughs> stop, just stop. <laughs> My audiobook is coming soon. <laughs> Andy, why did you pick this film? When I last saw it. Who knows? After that ten, fucking thing. <laughs> 10, 15 years ago, I thought it was quite fun. But reflectively, I was like, I'm sure I've got some problems with this. So I put it in the hat. I like. And I regret it. I felt the same kind of way with Andy. Like the last time I watched it was when it came out, like when it joined 2005. But I liked it back then, like Andy did. But second viewings are always an interesting one. I thought it was lovely. Yeah, sure. So. This was my second viewing, though. I loved it. Girl Next Door, uh, some <sighs> like to refer it. Jocks and Nerds the Musical. What? Do they? No, just me. So. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what's real Jocks anymore. Jocks and Nerds, the musical. Yeah, but there was no singing. There was no musical element. There was a lot of music, though. Come on. There's a lot of music in most films, pal. Yeah, but... David Gray. David Gray twice. <laughs> twice. <laughs> Not romantic. <laughs> I don't even know. Are we going to... Can we even do this properly now? Everyone's so miserable. Yep, yep, yep. No, I'm going to try my very best. I'm not. Right. I'm feeling upbeat. All right, so... Uh... We meet uh, a bunch of kids from a high school, and basically we meet this guy called Matt, or Matthew, who, he's been accepted into university, but he can't afford the tuition to get into uni. Can you imagine wanting to be a politician when you're, like, 18? Yeah, that's a sad look out loud. That's my first note. Yeah. Yeah, what a boring prick. (laughs) I didn't like him in this film at all, like, on second viewing especially, I just... Anyway, so he um, he's raised $25,000 in order to bring a Cambodian student over to the US. Samyang. Samyang. Samyang guy. I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know why the jocks especially like this dude, because they keep cheering for him, going like... <laughs> he was adorable. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I need to be laid by you, I heard someone shout as well, like a guy shouting yeah. out, I need to get laid by you. <laughs> It's so weird. I know, it doesn't make sense. Why? I got the feeling that they were taking the piss a little bit. Yeah, that's why I only thought that. Yeah, that's what I thought. Later on, one of them's like, yeah, I'd fuck him. It's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. It's the most confusing part of the film, is that. It doesn't make any sense why they would... I don't know. Anyway, so there's that. I'm not going to get down on this because, come on, I've been through a lot today. Oh, okay. So, um, come on, get the energy up. Get the energy up. We can do this. I'm trying. I'm trying. So, he's. How does he meet Danielle again? I'm trying to remember. Sorry, I can't remember that bit. She moves in next door. She is house sitting for an aunt that you never see. And Mm. later on, when she goes off to Vegas, the aunt's still not there. So, she's not a very good house sitter. No. Most of the people I know in America, like their houses are quite spaced out, mm. depending on where they are. But in a lot of movies, <laughs> they really make close. it look like <laughs> they're really close together and you can see in everybody's windows. Yeah. I mean, I live on a corner and I can see into a few people's houses from like the opposite side of the corner mm. from quite a long. You can just see that there's someone in there. He can see her get, they're like six feet away yeah, from each other. And the thing is, they're really long, so you can see her whole body as well. And they put the windows in exactly the same. Yeah, you move exactly. That, like, two place. The <laughs> so you can look in every bit. <laughs> Do you not feel like part of this is her fault for not shutting the fucking no. curtains? No. I mean. Pen, when you get changed, do you uh, shut the curtains? No, but then I. Like, <laughs> no, no, but. 
I have to get changed in a different room because my bedroom is on a main window but there has been times where I've like run out to get a shirt in just a bra and then accidentally made eye contact with someone in the street (laughs) so Danielle sees that he's looking at Matt's looking at her and he's like oh shit tries to duck and she immediately goes over to the house where he lives with his parents by the way and they go down to the door and he thinks oh no she's gonna wrap me out though he's looking at her and I'm a pervert and all this kind of stuff and she says to the parents no I just want someone to kind of I'm new in town blah 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 I need someone to walk me around town or something. So she's only supposed to be, I think, nineteen. Because I was like, "How old is she?" Like, he's yeah. eighteen. She's in her twenties in this, and they're, the, they're around. They're around the same age. I read somewhere that he was eighteen and she was nineteen. She looks a bit older. Like than she 19. wasn't a lot older than him, but it doesn't. Really? Yeah. So it wasn't quite as because Timothy Oliphant says to her, "Or oh, someone your own age," and she's like, "He is my age," or he says to her, "Him," and she, he's like, "She is my own age." So they're not not as far apart as I thought. But she must have been really good at porn to be that famous at like 19, if you can only do it from when you're 18. But anyway. Some trauma we don't bring up. Um, <laughs> so she thinks that to make it a deal, because he's seen her naked, and she thinks the best thing to do is for him to get naked and strip in the street. And he does that. So that's funny humor. He doesn't actually see any of her though either. He just sees the back of her, and she's he sees her back and her butt. He sees a and she butt shot, yeah, and a side boob maybe. And a side and boob. She's like, get your penis out in the street. <laughs> get your penis out. <laughs> Let it crawl along the floor, <laughs> please. No, don't memories. Anyway, um, he takes her to a dance. Or is it a party? I can't remember. He takes Danielle to a party. He takes her to a party. party. Yeah. And the jocks uh, immediately go into jock mode by going into, oh, let's bang her. <laughs> That's jock mode, apparently, because jocks. And they work together as a team to try and bang her uh, while, by trying to chat her up and get in Matt away because uh, he's a loser and he doesn't deserve to be in the party, as they mean. Say. Or they're full up. And she can stay, but he has to go. Blah blah blah. Try, yeah, they try and kick him out, and then he's like, oh, "Fuck this!" And he walks over to her, and he smooches her to David Gray. Oh yeah, he gives her a big Fuck. smooch. Let go of your heart. <laughs> oh, <it's awful. laughs> he was big. Well, was he big in two thousand? I thought it was nineties. Maybe it was two thousands. No, two thousand mid two thousands. It was. Yeah, I think he, he was huge. Played yeah. the only year I've ever been to V Festival, and. People Never threw, again. <laughs> people threw beer cans at him, and by people. Oh, poor David. <laughs> and by people, I mean people. Yeah. And then uh, my next note: his friend Eli is really into porn. Yeah. Like he's he's watching porn when he's on the phone to him and stuff. And I've just written as you. Yeah. Do. I've just written. Oh, the weird porn kid is a plot point. Stereotypes. Hey. <laughs> Because that's how he finds the video of her and then shows it to Matthew and goes, huh, look, your girlfriend was in porn. It's mm. a big twist. She's in porn. Da, da, da. And it came with one of my favourite lines. I think I know which one it is. You can still like her with your penis inside her. Oh, mine was, fuck her for me, Matt. For me. <laughs> <laughs> that was later on. Shouted across the corridor. <laughs> but he's like, I really like this girl. And he's like, you can still like her with your penis inside her. I was like, eh, it's not wrong. 
so the important bit is well I think he learns later on is that she's former so she just retired because she does mention him oh yeah I've just left retired from my job she says some that but she doesn't say what job obviously um uh, and then he's starting to have visions of her moaning and sucking uh, her dad's oh his Matthew's dad's dick those are so awkward a lesbian scene with his mom he's starting to have all these visions because he knows about her like past now he's like oh no my girlfriend it's so awkward what has happened to this podcast so smutty Daniel I know Um, he acts like uh, a jerk to her there's a bit (laughs) there's a bit Andy will like this there's a bit where I think he says it but I don't know if it's her. I think it might be her when she starts to catch on that he's just trying to bring her to a motel because he knows she's a uh, prostitute. Uh, Prostitute. (gasps) She's a porn star. Sorry, I said prostitute. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Oh, God. Outrageous. Cancelled. We're (laughs) cancelled. Anyway. But you should never, never listen to the porn-obsessed kid that's clearly never had sex because he doesn't know anything. And he's like, yeah, take her to a motel room. No, don't do that. There is a bit in this but someone says wanna fuck me and I immediately thought and this is why Andy would like it I immediately thought of clerks too <laughs> I'd fuck me <laughs> so I had this vision of fucking Jay going wanna fuck me doing the buffalo bill up with the lipstick mm. on <laughs> and that really threw me off because I didn't know what was going on. And um, I tell you what, if this film had Jane Silent and Bob, it would be a thousand times better. It would be so good. No, yes, it'd be. So I mean, I love Jane Silent. It was really sad because she was sad because she was like, "I love the way you looked at me," and now she lo- he looks at her different. But, he, but and it was sad. He's trying to act like a dick. Yeah, when she starts to it. undress, he's yeah. like, "Why are you doing this?" And she's like, "Isn't this what you want?" And he gets all shitty about it. That's exactly what he wanted. And then he's having a go at her for doing what he's implied. The guy's a prick. Yeah, he's a prick. Yeah, he's not he's great. He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> Jesus. So then they have to send an elephant to save the day. So we meet Kelly. I mean, he, he doesn't. The producer. Yeah, speaking of pricks. Speaking of pricks. <sighs> I love him so much. Uh, so Matt meets Kelly's producer, played by Timothy Oliphant, and Matt tags along with him to a strip club. And Matt tries to be all well, cute. cool about it. He's trying to smoke cigars and he's trying to drink. Yeah. And it's kind of cute that he's trying to be one of the big boys. I hate him even more in this bit. I just like, just get back to school, you oh. little shit. Like, oh, that's yeah. that's trying. Uh, I've got it written here, Timothy Oliphant is fucking smouldering in a mid noughties punk way. <laughs> I actually took pictures of him in, like, of the screen and sent it to the boys because he looks so good. I love him. It's currently your background on your Mac, yeah. isn't it? It's at this point where Matt accidentally sees his neighbor in the strip club and Kelly kind of <laughs> tells the neighbor, come on, you know each other, buy Matt a dance. He's a jerk. And they have uh, the neighbor and Matt sit next to each other while they have a dance and they're talking about, I think, what they're talking about. The most awkward lap dance ever. Small talk while lap dance. And he's basically. asking him about the scholarship that he's going yes, for. Yes, that was but it. But like yeah. the, the girl on the, the dad's friend... <laughs> he's just like rubbing her tits in his face but like the girl on Matthew is just like sat on his lap like not facing him and just like rubbing her shoulders against <laughs> him or something I couldn't there was there was a lot of going on things yeah it was I don't know yeah the whole thing made me really uncomfortable I I just do not think strip clubs look fun no. a bit like Vegas no Vegas is great we're gonna go Vegas is there's great some, there's something quite odd about watching 
young women with a bunch of 40 to 50 yeah. year olds together <laughs> like i don't something weird about that whole experience i'm like nah. um so she's he's a good wingman though hey kelly oh no kelly or the old guy yeah I've, I've skipped ahead no I've skipped ahead um, so she's upset about him knowing that she's a porn star and he was just trying to do certain situations and scenarios because he knew she was a porn star so she's leaving and going back to the porn star life along with Kelly uh, the producer and they go to a porno convention well before that they go to the bank to get the cash for Samyun uh, <laughs> and he takes Kelly with him like a fucking sketchy porn producer is just going to take him and be like, oh, yeah, this is the student advisor or whatever. That's a fucking bad idea, isn't it? Yeah, because he meets them at the school, doesn't he? And then he's like asking all the girls if they're 18. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like saying that they should do porn. But he's a, that's where he's a really good wingman because like <laughs> he, for Matt's, Matthew's friends, he like introduces the, the geeky friends to them and the girls are like, oh, I want to hang out with you. Um, I don't know. I just I feel like I need to point out that that Timothy Oliphant is so smooth in this movie and nice enough and just the right amount of jerk that if I was eighteen and I'd met him, I probably would have done porn for him. Porno convention now, and um, (laughs) just let that settle. Very nicely, just glazed over that. Just let that simmer for about five minutes uh, on two hundred degrees. They go to a porno convention, and they meet Mule, who is one of my favourite characters. <laughs> uh, he's a porn star boyfriend of another porn star girl, and one of the guys is it Matt that chats her up or something? No. I think it's Matt. No, it's, we, so. it's one of the other friends. E- yeah. Were they called Eli and Clits? Clits. So Eli was yeah. the porn kid. Clits. That's it. Yeah, with a Z or something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> with a K and a Z. Yeah, Eli was the porn kid and clits, which made me really sad because he asked his friend if he was ugly because none of the porn stars would talk to him. And that made me sad. Well, he wasn't the most attractive looking guy. No, but the fact that he was like, oh, my What the fuck? Why are you going, oh, he wasn't. It's in the eye of the beholder, dickhead. I'm being honest. I'm not not (laughs) saying I'm more attractive. I'm just saying he's not. If you compare him to, uh, I don't know. Timothy Oliver. Let's go. Uh, Christian Grace. Oh, can we <laughs> not? I feel sick enough. <laughs> okay, sorry. But I, just, I knew that They just trigger. made me sad. They were just like, hmm, ugly. He just a bit needed a bit more confidence, which in every single team flick, yeah, exactly. they always learn them. Confidence route, apparently. I just want one of these team movies to have a really bad ending for someone. <laughs> just a twist. You know, not everyone has a happy day. But someone, like, or maybe some one person doesn't, but anyway. So, Matt, at this point, follows her to this convention, because she know, he knows she's going to be there, because she's getting back into porn, and he sees her on stage, and he's saying stuff like, I love you, and blah, blah, I don't think he says I love you, but he says some similar lines shouting up to her. Yeah. And he gives her a drawing of her, that I don't remember him drawing. She drew it herself the first time they met. Oh, so he didn't do shit. And then she gave it to him. Oh, okay. Because he's he's like, no, I see you as you and not a porn star. Because she's called Athena and he's like... Despite being at a porn convention. <laughs> but that's it. She's there as Athena and she's like wearing a wig. And yeah. he's like, no, Danielle. Like, I kind of didn't... I was a bit like, oh, she doesn't need rescuing. 
you know, oh, she do- poor, her, she does porn and she needs a man to rescue her. Yeah, who does this prick think he is? Well, but then it was kind of... He's the worst kind of guy to but do. But then it was kind of like, he was like, oh, I fucked this up and I don't care that she did porn and I see her. And she obviously didn't want to go back to porn. She felt like she lost her self-confidence to quit and went back. So it was kind of nice that he... It was less him rescuing her and him being like, no, I like you for you. So, uh. Yeah, but the reason she went back... It's because of him. ...is because that's yeah. what he told her. Yeah. Well, he didn't tell her. He was like, uh, yeah, let's go to a motel. Oh, fuck. Oh, actually, no, just go back and do some more films, you prick. Like, but it's his fault. The Everyone makes mistakes and he made up for it. How did he make up for it? By giving her a bit of fucking scribbled on napkin. <laughs> All right, I've got a brilliant idea. Just too idea. romantic for you guys. Andy, you need to do voiceover work for like films as a Patreon thing when we launch Patreon, where you just like, I'm now going to narrate over, like do a VO and just go, oh, fucking get you fucking tits up, fucking. <laughs> this is like internet ghost all over again. I can't. I'm having a great time again. I'll pop myself right back up. Anyway, that's what she said. Um, so. <laughs> Kelly breaks into school to steal Matt, and it's at this point he needs to. Tr- Kelly needs to trust Matt. He doesn't need to trust him. So he decides, you know, you need to do Matt, and he unzips. He gives him a trust blowjob. No, no, no. You, you did you watch this film properly? Kelly goes and what happened? Kelly is mad because he got Danielle to quit again. It cost him thirty grand. So he goes to store and gets it, and it costs him loads of money. He's like, "Well, then you owe me thirty grand." He's like, "I definitely don't have thirty grand." And he gets in the car with him, which is not smart. And yeah, they but- drive out to the middle of nowhere. And then Kelly's like, "Well, yeah, you need to give me a blowjob." Yeah, because he needs to trust him because he's going to pay him back in future, right? Yeah, installments or something. I think yeah. says. And then obviously he's like, "Ha, huh, I'm joking." And then he punches the shit yeah. out of him. Yes. And when he's sitting there bleeding, he's like, here, take some pill, like take these painkillers. He's like, oh, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. Take these painkillers. Like, You do not take unmarked pills from the man that just punched you. Which like, will come bunch. back later. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kelly then frames Matt for breaking in to another producer. Hugo Posh. Dexter's dad's house. Oh, yeah. Dexter's so dad's it is. House. Everyone watch. Yeah, it was Dexter's dad's house. Um, He's framing Matt for breaking into another producer, a rival producer that's trying to steal away Danielle from Kelly. My favourite jump scare, and I'm calling it a jump scare, was when the parrot fucking went off. <laughs> yeah, the porn star parrot is what I put, because he just says some very rude Cradle words. The Cradle the balls! Cradle the balls! That's the soundbite. Just in my face! It's <laughs> oh, my new ringtone. So <laughs> that's the intro sorted. Cradle the balls! what he starts to realize so he manages to escape he sees the guy uh, the other producer in there and he kind of just legs it out of there um he then i'm kind of a little bit forward but he starts to feel funny and a bit uh touchy feely and i think he gets back to oh he gets back to the house i think just before he meets danielle again and it turns out that those unmarked pills were e oh kelly ecstasy you joker you you funny guy you punched him in the face and gave him ecstasy what you a know guy. how we talked about I don't know red flags in my own life uh, yeah yeah um, the problem with this is in a few minutes Matt has to give a speech about his scholarship and hopefully he gives a good speech or else he might not get it so he has to get dressed put on a suit 
he still has blood on his face at this point. He hasn't really wiped it off really well. And even when he does his clothes, he still has marks on his face. And his hair's all crazy. And his hair is intentionally, yeah, intentionally crazy. And Danielle's at the door and needs to meet him. It's like, oh, come on, we gotta go. Yeah, she realizes he's taken E and he's just going through this whole... I love that she's just like, oh, yeah, sometimes Kelly likes to dose people with E. Yeah, it's just <laughs> thing. Like, yeah, it's a he thing. He does. Um, he's touchy-feely with all the people at the school. He's, like, touching everyone and it's all a bit, like, awkward and he's very noticeable. Um, but he does, he does, when he does give his speech, he does all right. Oh, the speech was bullshit. It's so romantic. Oh, no, it wasn't. No, it was. I've written very romantic, but he can't possibly win with that speech. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that. But it was lovely. I was like, he's not going to win, but yay. So, yeah, he doesn't. Unfortunately, it was a very passionate speech. He ripped up his notes and everything, but unfortunately, another guy won. And he is shocked he doesn't get his scholarship. And he's really sad that he kind of blew it. Wah, wah. Don't do drugs, kids. Even if it's by accident. Wah, wah, wah. Don't do drugs. Even if Timothy Oliphant turns up. <laughs> gives you yeah. All about whether the juice is worth the squeeze. Oh, <laughs> <God>. Anyway. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Um... At this point, uh, a few a few moments later, um, we, when Matt goes to the bank to check on the money that is kind of left for some... Is it Sam Young? Yeah. I'm going to say this wrong. Sam Young. Fucking Karen. Karen at the bank tells Matt, oh no, all your money is not there. And he's like, what do you mean it's not there? Well, someone came in earlier, your school advisor, and um, said they needed And it. she didn't check for and, ID? Yeah. She gives Kelly $25,000 without checking for ID and then she gets pissy at Matt because she's fucked up her job. Yeah, there would have been paperwork for that. But also, Matt was a bit of a prick to her as well. Like, oh, well, you're going to get fired. Well, Well, she would. You took a fucking shady producer to the bank. She's out wrong here. What was her her name? I don't know. But like, Jeannie? Jeannie, Jeannie, yeah. Fuck you, Jeannie. (laughs) (laughs) This is all your fault. So all the money's gone, and they decide that oh, the only way, <laughs> the only way we could get some <laughs> of this money back is by, of course, guys. You're a filmmaker. She knows people in the industry. Why don't we make a porno? Because he remembers Kelly tells him about his idea about kids fucking at prom. That again, again. So that's just saying that. Well, they're they're eighteen. It's fine. Yeah, I know, but kids. <laughs> It's absolutely that fine, t- as Andy would that say. That is the title of this <laughs> They're over 18, so it's fine. Oh, the other one. Move on, move what? on. <laughs> We're going to get banned. So, yeah, they're going to make a porno, and Danielle gets her porno friend's I, Ferrari. Ferrari and, with an A, Ferrari. <laughs> Two Ferraris and three ball bags in this episode. That might be what it's called. I don't remember what her other friend was called. Um, I don't know, but yeah, they decide- just pick a state and it'll be something like that. Something, Lu- Louisiana. Um, Done. They decide to make the porno at the prom they're having at Matt's school. That seems like nothing could go wrong there, but they're going to make a porno in like one of the back rooms or something while the prom is going on. April, April and Ferrari. April and Ferrari. April. Oh, that's, that's, a le- that's anticlimactic, isn't it? Um, yeah. 
Oh, and his name's not Sam Young. His name's Sam Nang. Sam, Sam Yang. <laughs> not Sam Young. Oh. <laughs> Apologies. We are fucking. We are cancelled. Sam, Sam Yang. Cancelled. Well done, guys. It's been a good run. I think I was just channeling Wayne's World. Some young guy. So they go. Uh, this plan is in place for Matt to bring Danielle to the prom, and while they're at the prom, they're gonna sneak the crew in the back, and they're gonna do set up the set there and everything while Danielle and Matt are at the prom. And the, but they need actors. They need someone to play the males of this porno. So of course they go to the jocks that were trying to fuck Danielle earlier in the film, and they say, <laughs> "Hey, what's up, guys?" Like, I hate Matt so much. He's such a prick in this film because he just such like, <laughs> yeah, I'm with porn uh, uh, porn stars. You know what? You know, it's like so obvious that he does that. He's like, suddenly got that big dick energy in it that he didn't have earlier. Good. No, it's not big. It's little dick because he's just so, his confidence comes off as so fake. Like, it's so like. I love you, Emil Hirsch. Put on. Anyway, um, getting back to penises. Uh, <laughs> they decide... Uh, so Matt decides hey you, do you want to go see some porn stars and maybe have sex with them and they go to the back and of course the two porn stars are there friends of Danielle turns out uh, one of the guys is called Derek is he and Derek's penis is flaccid <laughs> he can't get it up <laughs> wasn't yeah. he I was his name Derek yeah, was Derek I I immediately laughed <laughs> originally he was the guy that tried to kick him out of the party and when he tried to get into the porno he was like oh sorry party's full yeah. I didn't realise his name was Derek I think that's going to be our cult thing that goes on in this podcast whenever the name Derek comes up we know it's like one of those yeah. in jokes that everyone knows about thing. hopefully also though one of my notes was just like oh imagine losing your virginity on camera in front of all of your yeah friends. it'd be weird like how it? that's really weird fucking terrifying because spoilers that's that's what happens what you think is happening right now yeah but uh, they got one of the guys chickens out, or I think both the guys jocks chicken out or something. Well, one of them is flaccid penis, and the other one just kind of chickens out. I think. No, the the first guys do the first bits. It's oh, the, last the last scene, scene yeah. that everyone has. A, like no one wants to do the last scene, and I was like, well, yeah, because I assume. Well, part of me was like, why does nobody want to do it? Surely they've all banged already. Because I didn't obviously realise what was going on. Yeah. Yeah, and then Derek can't do it. Poor Derek. And then... Matt takes one for the team. No, he thinks about it and he's like, oh, I can't do that to Danielle. Yeah, but so he... Clitz takes ones for the team. And then he shouts, we're a fucking tripod. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> but the porn... April says that Clitz is cute and then he gets all brave and he's like, yeah, I'll do it. Because he thought he was ugly before and it was nice. Anyway... At this point, <sighs> the the school guy, I put. I think this is the school principal. I don't think it's the principal. It's one of the guys. Oh, he imagines all this. Yeah, yeah, I know, but that, I'm building. Okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Imagine we haven't seen the film. So a guy comes in and <laughs> finds the set and he's like, what the fuck's going on here? We see that's it's a dream. It's just one of those flashbacks that Matt's having before he's deciding to do this or not. And he doesn't decide to do this. And then, yeah. Clitzy. Yeah. Clitz. Mm-hmm. He gets his wang out. Clitzy, um, the guy who said he thought he was ugly or wasn't attractive enough is now going to have a great first time experience on camera and then they show Matty and Danielle having a nice time at the prom and then dancing to David Gray he sees lipstick of Danielle on his hand yeah now oh yeah and he's like I can't do this to her they were dancing and she kisses him on his hand but I thought she was like yeah I couldn't work out where she was kissing him I just found it strange that there was lipstick on the side of your hand like I don't know I read into it too much but anyway I guess if he's 
if they're dancing, he's got his arms around her, so she goes like no. and kisses no, no, her. No, 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 no. no, he had his hand on her shoulder, his left hand on her shoulder, so it would have been on uh, her right shoulder, and then she just let in, and he could chew it off from there. Welcome to the unusual suspects. We clearly look at the little details in films. <laughs> Right. Um, he then takes Danielle into limo and one of my favourite things ever in this is the limo driver because he's <laughs> there's a limo driver driving and Danielle and Matt have just romantic sex in the back but like the limo driver is like it even looks like he's looking in the back smile <laughs> do you think he has to like keep driving till they're done you, they can see in it like what if they get to their destination before they're finished he'd just get out away also they're banging to david gray that's gotta be a killer that's gotta be a killer isn't <laughs> that's it? just sad that's real oh, sad oh that was it yeah no yeah that 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 make anyone depressed i think um twice yeah he does that at the yeah start and then this i think maybe or yeah yeah somewhere what ends up happening is kelly steals the uh the tape that they made how did he know about the tape no idea i've got bigger <laughs> issues with this Go on. how did he get the tape because it would have been in Eli's house. In Eli's so room. So he's broken into someone's he house. He broke into his house. Yeah. And then stolen an edited tape. Yeah. How did he edit the tape? Because it's not a digital file. He's just that good. Again. He's, <sighs> he's a hacker. Don't you. A Neil Breen. <laughs> and Neil Breen turns up at this point now. Um, Kelly seals the tape and he brings it to the parents uh, <laughs> and the president. Uh, the president. He's... Because he's jerk. The parents of Matt's principal and the, the principal, principal president. Fucking hell. That'd be a different film. Neil Breen. Neil <laughs> Breen. <laughs> See, this is how he's like the right amount of jerk um, for me. Well, he brings. He's, he's, like, fuck, he's like, fuck you. He's going to blackmail them. <laughs> but in a really good way. He's really likable as a jerk in this. Oh my God. Penny, come on. <sighs> Matt's mum is called Marcy. What, like your cat? Yeah. yeah, no one understood that reference until... I don't give a shit, I understood it. Get to explain. <laughs> anyway, um, he sits down with the parents and the principal of the school, and Matt comes down and he sees Kelly at the tape, he's like, ha ha ha, the yard is in my court. The yard is in my court? Is that a term? No. It is now. Yard is in my court. That the court is in my yard. Court is my yard, thank you. And no, 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 no. The ball is in your court. Oh, I fucking don't know. I've had a bad day. I'm trying to stay happy because of what happened in the middle of this. But anyway, so he's like, can I just talk to Matt for a second? Parents, principal, go out. And he's like... Which is also a bit weird. Yeah, it is a little bit weird. But anyway, this stranger comes in. Can I talk to your son for a bit? <laughs> um, he says... I've got something to show you and you should know about, but also I need to talk to him about it first. Yeah. Um, he says to Matt that if you... I'll show the tape... Um, but if you give me the... Oh, what is he looking for again? Got Money? Yes. Uh, he's mad because it was his idea. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt stole it. But also, again, I don't know how he knew about he's it. He's crafty. In the first place. Well, Matt told him that he has a business partner, the posh dude that he nicked off. Yeah, so he's like... Meh. The rival of Kelly. He is the Paul Simon to Kelly's Art Garfunkel. There you go. <laughs> I'm fucking Garfunkel. <laughs> and Matt at this point says, yeah, fine, show it, whatever, I don't care. So he's like, all right, bring your parents in, principal, come in, take a seat, here we go, puts the That's tape so in. so fucking smart. And the president. And the president of the United States. No. Um, Isn't it weird how I get angry at 
uh, Andy's smug face, but love Oliphant's smug face. What Sorry, were you about? getting angry at my face again? No, I meant last time. Oh. Or Fifty Shades time. So it turns out when he put the tape in, it was a sex ed video for 21st century because... M. Night Shyamalan twist right there. Because the only reference we have that they were needing updating was at the start of the film for about a minute when they're watching sex ed videos and they're like, this is so boring and out of date. And that's the only reason why they made it. It's a smart idea though. Yeah, I guess it'd make money. I, I don't know about you, I think the really old ones are better because they're funnier. They're fucking fantastic. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, but you shouldn't be showing them to children and misinforming them. Yeah, but it's careful here. (laughs) They need to be taught to wrap it up and not have babies two hours afterwards and leave them in bathtubs and bins. Don't mind me. (laughs) I just see giant penises now when I go to sleep. I'm like, no, like Neil Breen falling asleep. No, stop it. (laughs) Makes a change. Um. Yeah, it turns out it's a sex ed tape to uh, Timothy Olivant's surprise. He doesn't look that angry, to be honest. He just sort of smiles and went, you got me, you little bitch. It's because the juice was worth the squeeze. Cheese was worth it, yep. And uh, they all live happily ever after, sort of. And and then they show it later on, like the they show it in the school to the kids, and it turns out that Clitz was in it, but he had a fencing mask on. I did have Which I was a bit makes co- no sense I don't did they do fencing in American schools I didn't think that was a thing unless you were posh but no because so he obviously because it, he doesn't want his face in it why wouldn't Matt do it then if his face was going to be covered but then they're watching it and all the kids are like whoa look at that guy he's got a massive dick and then Clitz gets all his confidence back and he'd be pumping it full of steroids and stuff <laughs> no oh, why can't you give him this one little win <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's my last note. I was like, oh, he's not ugly and he's got a huge dick. Good for him. Um, That's a sound bite. Matt buys himself a Z3. <laughs> yeah. And uh, also... He's the cool guy again, like he always yeah, he was. he gets accepted into, <sighs> uh, into college on his own scholarship. Georgetown. Yeah. Does he go to Georgetown? Yeah. Why would colleges have accepted that? He's made a weird sex ed film. Is that something to he's allow? Basically, he's wealthy no. now, so he can pay for his own education. Yeah, he paid for his own. Anyway, this film was yeah, similar but- to David Gray. It was background noise. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was lovely. Uh, Marcy liked it too. She didn't. And the cat liked it too. Um, yeah, I. I guess I'll start with me. I guess. Um, Scores on the doors. It's. It wasn't like I remembered it. I think, as Andy said before, I remember it being better when I watched it originally, but I was, what's that, 10, 15 years ago? Yeah, ages ago. Um, so, yeah, it was quite a long time, and I was probably the age of uh, 13 or 14, around that time. I was going to say, how old so, were yeah. you 16 um, years ago? I think it's... It's okay, but I... Yeah, it's okay. I think Avira is better than this. You didn't like Elvira. I didn't like Elvira at all, but I think it's better than this. That is firm praise for Elvira. Or a fucking mm. indictment on how shit this was. I don't know, it just... it The story is too not complex enough for it to be an hour and, what, 30? It was four. two hours long. Yeah, it's two hours long. Yeah, it, it just goes it didn't on need to be that unnecessarily. Long, to be fair. So fucking long, but yeah. It, I think it was just because it was like, why do we need him to make... 
25 grand. Yeah. They kind of could have cut out all the some Sam Yang, whatever his name was, not Sam Yang. Yeah, they that, could have cut that, that out and he could have just convinced her not to do porn and then Kelly was like, you owe me money. So they could have done it that way. There was a few, there was a quite a lot of steps to get to the sex ed part. So I get that. I laughed only once as well. Yeah, me too. I laughed at the Garfunkel joke. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. So, what I did enjoy yeah. though was the soundtrack. Like you start Except off with uh, with Elliot Smith, then you've got a bit of Echo and the Bunnyman. Yeah. But mm. after that, it is just David Gray, and it just fucking <laughs> it, it's just, all downhill from here. <laughs> yeah, it's like a sponge sucking out any sort of fucking joy. It was, it was not not an enjoyable. I really like this as a teen romantic comedy. The boys are wrong. <laughs> yeah, but we're both more cynical yeah. than you. You prefer I like I prefer Idle Hands to this, obviously. I liked Idle Hands. Like as well. That was Did you not like Idle Hands either? I gave it like six, I think. Oh. I like I thought this was a nice teen rom com. Uh, I'm into it. It was just too slushy. It was slushier than a melted cor- killer. Oh, you've been waiting to crowbar that in. Yeah. And mark that down yeah. as done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What time did I write that pen? About yeah. four o'clock? <laughs> I'm gonna give it a four. A four? I also am gonna give it a four. Less than average. Less than average. You're going to give it a four as well? It's a four for me, yeah, please. Four. I'm giving it an eight. Whoa, fuck. <laughs> Scores are broken now. I thought it was lovely. It made me really happy. It made me feel warm and fuzzy. Okay. Timothy Oliphant is a fucking baby. Is that it? why? If um, if he wasn't in it, would you still have given it an eight? It depends. If the if you still had the <laughs> Kelly character played in a similar way by someone else, then yes. Like, I liked his character in it. Mm. I don't like him in... Like, I couldn't watch Deadwood. Deadwood was fucking boring, no matter how many times he got his butt out. Couldn't watch that shit. But I liked it as a as an almost 90s teen romantic comedy. So there you go. Okay. So 448. Okay. Yep. Well, wow. uh, sure. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, I almost feel disappointed in you, Pen. <laughs> what? Why? It's fine. It's- it just wasn't that good. I it, like it was teen okay. romance like it was okay. comedy. We gave it a four, things. which is just slightly less than average, so we can't say much. It's okay. I think I'm giving it an eight to spite you. It's probably a seven. But Andy's film before, man, the score would be unimaginable. <laughs> but either way, so you can have you can have seven. Maybe I'm upping it one just to spite you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you think it's going to spite me. I don't. I don't care that much. I don't know anything anymore. Films out of a hat is where we pull a movie out of a hat, and then we're going to talk about that film next week. So let's roll the random film and see what we I hope we're it's get. a really slushy, nice film that d- I picked. D- d- I really hope so. I really want a happy film right now after today. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, it's it's a great, it's an amazing film, though, but it's probably not happy. Who's this? Uh, we are going to talk about let me get the info of it back up who chose um, it it's one of my films oh christ Yay. no it's good uh we're going to watch the 2011 uh film starring ryan gosling drive uh, oh, I've never a stuntman and a getaway driver falls in love with irene who is married to a criminal in a bid to protect her from her husband and some gangsters he decides to cross over to the other side of the law this film is the most stylistic film you'll ever watch. It is beautiful. It, See where is that the one where he wears that like pink jacket? Yes. yes. And it's it's got an amazing synthwave soundtrack. I love synthwave music. Eh? Um it's got an amazing synthwave soundtrack that is just so banging. 
and it's so I, yeah I've never seen it I've heard visually and sonically it's spectacular story wise it is so kind of dry so I look forward to yeah it. it's pretty much that falling asleep all over that it's, it's definitely a good film I wouldn't say it's happy though but yeah it's a definitely a good film but we'll be watching that next week well as long as it's not soul destroying then we're fine yeah I need something happy next week please guys it's episode 10 it's Woo! a milestone we need a happy happy podcast we're just going to call the title of it a happy podcast <laughs> we'll see what happens what is our socials Penny? our socials are uh, <laughs> you can follow us uh, to find the post-its you can follow us on instagram at unusual suspects pod and on twitter at unusual pod spect uh, my twitter is at penny underscore photo pit mine is dan talks a lot mine is at choices 21 and if you're on or listening on uh, apple Podcasts, give us a cheeky review it'd be nice thanks thanks there it's oh, very yeah. easy to do like you can't do like it on spotify for some fucking reason but, but on apple Podcasts, you can do it <laughs> um so uh, yeah if you give us a little review we might read them out we used to do that on my old podcast. We used to read them out when they came Ooh. in. We never got any, though. <laughs> never read mine we, out. We made up some for, like... Yeah, we made up some for, like, episode two yeah. or three. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, thank you very much for listening for another... I mean... I'm so sorry for what the last have put us all through The last three today. episodes have been <laughs> fucking insane. <laughs> There's a train of just these trilogy of episodes that have come in the last three weeks. Yeah, that have really changed my life. So, yeah, including this one. It's goodbye from me. Wait, you the two Ronnies? What's that about? <laughs> Bye. I have a different sign-off every time. I miss I the ones where you're like, tell your priest, tell your ice cream vendor. They were my favourites. <laughs> I don't know. Tell your dick. <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> Tell your dick. <laughs> Just tell your, tell dick, your to listen. dick to listen. And your six vaginas. That only works if your dick's only got its own Spotify account. We need the numbers. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Fuck. What was that? Goodbye. <laughs>